Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, we're going to talk about what the immediate future of wrestling looks like in this changing world that we're living in. Plus, R-Truth is stepping into the Not Sam studio. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to the show. Brand new show, I know. I felt it this weekend. The the content drought that is going on. People are so used to just content being at their fingertips. And it's slipping away from you. I get it. Especially with no sports and everything, but we're all in it together. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Happy Monday. A week ago today, we were in a very, very different place. As wrestling fans and as human beings. So we're going to see what this week looks like, because who knows? I mean, I don't see the Not Sam Wrestling podcast slowing down at all, but that's because I can socially distance myself and still do the show. It's just me. Anything that requires, I don't know, three or more people, probably two or more people, I see slowing down even further. Look, man, this is the real deal. You know, I think people were trying to, I know I was, trying to think that coronavirus was the next bird flu, the next uh, SARS, the next, you know, not, not, that, not that those things weren't to be taken seriously, not that nobody died or got hurt in any of those instances, but, you know, nobody... The country wasn't shut down. They weren't shutting down full countries for it. Italy is shut down completely. Public schools are being closed. Places of business are being closed for months at this point. We've never had anything like this happen. So to say that everything is unpredictable would be an understatement. But I think the purpose of a podcast like this is to try to escape some of the madness. Uh, So... That's what we're here to do. I think that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stick to talking about wrestling, and you know how this affects WWE, how this affects everybody, AEW, the whole thing, how this affects professional wrestling. Of course, uh, we got a taste of it on on Friday. SmackDown for the first time was uh, taped or performed live in front of no audience whatsoever. And that was that call was made about 24 hours, I think, officially before the show. It was Thursday, anyway, when the official announcement went down that SmackDown would not happen in Detroit as scheduled, but at the WWE Performance Center. And not only would it happen at the Performance Center, but there would be no audience whatsoever. So let's start there. Um, first of all, to any obnoxious people on social media that were like, this isn't the first time. Don't you guys remember Halftime Heat? You know, The Rock and the Mankind did it. First of all, 
Halftime Heat was not the first ever empty arena match. It wasn't the first time there's been an empty arena match. But that was a taped match in an empty arena for the purpose of a gimmick that happened during halftime of the Super Bowl. It wasn't even a whole show, let alone an episode of SmackDown. It was a, a, a section of Sunday Night Heat that was exactly one match long that lasted the length of the Super Bowl halftime show. This is certainly the first time that the WWE has performed a show in an empty building for no fans due to a na- an international, a global crisis, which is what COVID-19 is. Um, and I think for the most part, people appreciated it and people were into it. Of course, you're going to have naysayers and whatnot, and that's fine. That's part of the deal, I guess. I mean, it's a little silly in this case to be a naysayer about it, but why not? Why not? You know, complain away. I think that it was a good thing. You know, that that the, that's the, a debate that I can I can at least stomach. That's a conversation I can stomach, whether or not this was a good thing when, you know, you have, I mean, even the XFL. The XFL had planned on performing their Seattle game in front of an empty arena, I mean, an empty stadium. And then before that happened, decided to suspend the rest of the season. The NCAA planned on uh, doing the March Madness tournament in empty state, uh, in empty arenas. And they have now suspended the season. I think they're hoping that within a few weeks or a month, this thing dissipates and they're able to at least throw together maybe 16 teams instead of 64 teams and still do a college basketball tournament. The NBA was the first sports league because they actually had a player get the coronavirus. Uh, And they were the first sports team to not only say – to not say, look, we're we're going to have our games in empty arenas, but to actually go so far as to say we're suspending the season. The NHL followed suit. Conversation about Major League Baseball delaying their season. Um, you know, obviously baseball happens later in the year, so it's not uh, as pressing of a thing. But you've got uh, major sports teams suspending seasons, not playing. It's, it, it's unprecedented. Um UFC on Saturday had a night of fights that they performed in an empty uh, arena. They blacked out the arena and uh, and just had no fans in there, just essential staff. Uh, and it remains to be seen what UFC is going to be doing. Las Vegas has banned any combat sports fighting whatsoever. So they can't even do it in their own asylum facility if they wanted to. I think the UFC, at, at last time I looked, but news changes by the hour. Last time I looked, UFC was planning on continuing to have their fights in some way, shape, or form. But I would imagine that UFC pushes everything back and takes a, takes a break on everything, just like all these other sports leagues are doing. Professional wrestling is different because it's a storyline-driven art form. It's a storyline-driven system of entertainment, which means that if you just stop, do you pick up where you left off? Do you start new? Do you start fresh? I mean, there's there's a lot to consider. Uh, I thought SmackDown, I thought it was great. You know, I think it's always at least interesting from a historic perspective when WWE changes the way they operate. You remember years ago, they did uh, a Royal Rumble, the Raw after the Royal Rumble. They were snowed out of the building that they were supposed to be in. 
So they ended up doing a show out of the Stanford TV studios where they did what they did on Friday. They aired, they actually on that show, they aired the entire Royal Rumble match from the night before. But on SmackDown, they aired the entire Tag Team Elimination Chamber match, which had happened, I guess, uh, six days ago. That was only last week, right? I want to say. Um, and beyond that, they had a couple of longer form interviews. They had a Roman Reigns interview. They had John Cena and The Fiend confronting each other. Uh, and then they had matches. They had uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak versus Cesaro and Nakamura. They had, uh, or was it just Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro? Maybe it was. Uh, they had the women's tag match, of course. Uh, Jeff Hardy versus Baron Corbin. They had some uh, backstage stuff. And they had Triple H and Michael Cole on commentary, who I thought were great. You know, it's going to seem like I'm kissing ass, but I don't think Michael Cole gets enough credit. If you watch that show back, and I would encourage people to watch it back, and I would imagine that we'll watch it back for some time. Um, that show, Michael Cole, was this cohesive thing that kept the show together. When you When you have to make that show sound like it normally does. And maybe it's because I'm a broadcaster and I pick up on those things a little bit more. But the show intro and Michael Cole introducing, here's what you're going to expect on the show tonight. Michael Cole playing the straight man to Triple H, who was an absolute gem as a play-by-play person. I mean, Michael Cole and Triple H have this wonderful chemistry that I can listen to forever. But to be the straight guy to Triple H out there having fun, to getting in the ring and conducting these big interviews, to going back and taking the matches seriously. I mean, Michael Cole, to me, is that sort of foundation that kept the show together and kept it at least feeling somewhat like a traditional WWE show. Um, there have been a lot of questions about what could be done going forward. As of right now, as of the time this show is being recorded the time people on Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling are getting to watch it, uh, the plan is to do Monday Night Raw at the Performance Center just like they did SmackDown. Monday Night Raw is a three-hour show. That's a little more difficult to do. You have to imagine there were some people that didn't love that they did the Elimination Chamber match, but I think this is a time WWE should absolutely be dipping into their archives. You know, I, I think that, that we should... British Bulldog got announced as going into the Hall of Fame. I think we should watch... British Bulldog versus uh, Brett the Hitman Hart from SummerSlam 92 this week on Raw. You know, I, I think we should see some stuff from the NWO when we talk about them going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think that maybe next week on SmackDown, we should watch John Cena versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 30. I think that that it's okay to dip into the archives if the show is allowing to continue. And I think the fans will ultimately be very forgiving and thankful for the content. Um, you know, a question has come up after SmackDown because obviously it was weird, right? To watch this stuff happen with no audience. And there was that Twitter video that went out of, of the women's tag match and them not wrestling during the commercial break, which it's like, I get why it went out. Look, when I was a tape trader, satellite feeds and stuff like that, like if, if, if you had the VHS tape of the satellite feed and you got to see them not wrestling during the commercial break, it would have been gold. I would have wanted the VHS tape. So, you know, I can't exactly blame the guy for putting the video out because obviously there's a curiosity and people do want to see it. But at the same time, like, wouldn't it have been a lot weirder if they'd gone to commercial break and we had a video of the women wrestling with no crowd and no television camera? 
it would be like doing this podcast and finding out I wasn't recording it and then deciding to finish it. Like, there's no way an audience can see what's going on. So why are we continuing to do this? Um, I thought that, uh, so, you know, so I get it. But it was like a little bit of a annoyance to be like, well, yeah, I mean, of course we weren't wrestling in commercial break. It'd be super weird if we were. Although then they did the Daniel Bryan match and, and they were. They had clips during the commercial break of what had happened. You know, I think that that the the crowd question is a question that came up and people coming up with alternatives. Like, what could they do? Could they? I thought that because, you know, the Performance Center is not a big building, that they were going to have staff, WWE staff, sitting in the audience and watching the show. The way, you know, you see, I think you've seen on Breaking Ground, you saw a little bit of it, I think, in the FCW documentary. We know that at the Performance Center, they do matches where the people who are training are the audience of the match. Whereas a wrestler, you have to sit there and, and attempt to entertain the people that you're training with. I thought it would be something like that, where maybe the wrestlers themselves, the superstars maybe weren't in the audience, but different, maybe, maybe a Kayla Braxton, maybe producers, maybe whoever, you know what I mean? Staffers that you might see, maybe the ring announcer instead of, sitting ringside kind of invisible would actually be sitting in the audience just to fill it out a little bit. But when I saw that shot and I saw the performance center completely empty, I actually thought that that was the better route. And I think going forward that if you're going to do this, then that is the route to take, you know, um, people have brought up that, you know, putting staff in the audience, people have brought up bringing in an audience of, you know, what they're doing in movie theaters. A lot of movie theaters are, are still trying to get people to come. You'd be a maniac to go to a movie theater right now, by the way. If you're going to a movie theater now, you're part of the problem. 100% part of the problem, not part of the solution. But in movie theaters, I think they're uh, underselling the theaters by like 40% or something like that. So you can create a distance because I guess this thing spreads between like like six feet of room is how much room you need between people. So you could bring in, you know, 50 people or something and just have them spread out throughout the building. You could do that. Um, some people were saying, uh, just make a fake crowd, put up video walls and have like a video game audience. You know what I mean? Like where you just have animated bodies there. And when the good guys do something, it cheers. And when the bad guys do something, it boos. Just to, just to create that sound that we're used to of an audience being there. Uh, others are saying, take a page out of what uh, the Squared Circle NWA is doing on their show, which is have a pool of people that are, are watching on a video feed, and maybe we can see their reactions as the show is going. All, I mean, I'm, 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 I like these conversations. You know, I like the ideas that people are having. But I don't like any of the ideas. I don't think that any of that should be done. I think that the, the strongest thing that you can do is support this idea of social distancing and support all the people that are at home because they're social distancing and do that by going, look, we're going to entertain you, but we're not going to be a part of the problem here. We're going to make it abundantly clear. If they wanted to, they could have blacked out the performance center. If they wanted to, they didn't. They lit up empty chairs. 
That was done for a reason. They didn't even have to have chairs there. They could have put curtains up. They could have done a million things so that all you saw was the ring and you didn't notice that there were tons of empty chairs around them. But they showed the empty chairs for a reason. And I think that that reason is that they don't want to do anything half-assed, either all the way or none of the way. We're either going to have a crowd or we're not going to have a crowd. And if we're not going to have a crowd, we're not going to make up something to make it seem a little bit more normal. We're going to say, look, this isn't normal. We don't have a crowd here. And while I think that uh, I don't think they mentioned coronavirus at all on the show, which makes sense to me because nobody's people are watching SmackDown for an escape from all this. Right. They don't want to make it. It's a negative thing. But at the same time, showing all those empty chairs throughout the show is like a visual way of letting you know, hey, we get it like this is what's happening. Um, I think it's a very cool visual representation of everything. Uh, you know, as I said, I thought Michael Cole was amazing. Triple H was fantastic. He could be on on commentary forever as far as I'm concerned. Although, you know, I don't know why the boss of the company needs to take a job that I could be doing. It seems selfish on his part. But regardless, um, I thought anybody, all the people that wrestled on that show, like hats off. Can you imagine how difficult it would be? And same thing for 205 Live. How difficult it would be to just be performing like that, professional wrestling with no audience whatsoever. You have to be so in tune to the fact that there are people at home that you're entertaining. And block out this idea that nobody is in that building watching you, which is especially difficult for people that have lived their lives and have perfected their crafts under the the rule, which is react to the audience. You know, so many, the best wrestlers are listening to the audience the whole time, and they're changing it as they go. Now, they have to completely switch their game up and make it still seem seamless because we watching at home need to feel like this is normal, and they made it look normal, and that's every single person that participated in a match on that show. I thought that was crazy. Um, and look, the John Cena Bray Wyatt promo was great. Added explanation, and that's why I say next week on SmackDown, show the John Cena Bray Wyatt match, you know? Um, I think though, because this all leads towards WrestleMania, and I don't think we're gonna have a lot of shows in the next couple weeks kind of talking about these storylines, you know? I mean, I think we like to see them and we want to watch WWE. But we know that stuff is happening here. Uh, everywhere I go, literally everywhere I go, people are asking me what I think about WrestleMania. I was at a gas station today. Are you Sam Roberts? Yeah. Hey, what do you think they're going to do? You know, everywhere. Because it's it's something people are are thinking about. It's also something I think people are on some level are concerned about. There's this normalcy of having WrestleMania. No matter how big or small of a wrestling fan you are, you know, 36 years. Every year, it's WrestleMania, come hell or high water. So the idea that that wouldn't happen is kind of scary. And now we look at what's happening, and there's really no guarantee that even if they stick to empty buildings, even if they stick to an empty performance center for the next three weeks leading to WrestleMania, they would. and then did WrestleMania, I don't think they would even do it in an empty stadium at this point. I think... WrestleMania would also be at the Performance Center at that point, and then 
But who knows if they will even keep do be if they'll even still be doing shows at that point. They may stop entirely. I I think that the thing about being at the performance center is they don't have to be live, right? It doesn't have to be live because there's no audience. Nobody's going to spoil it. Nobody's going to know one way or the other. So I think that it would definitely be in WWE's best interest right now, while they know they have healthy people, to just pre-tape a lot, you know? I think I'm really interested to see what Raw is going to look like tonight. I think it should be probably about half and half stuff from the Performance Center and then archive stuff and then pre-tape stuff. You know, I think now you have an opportunity to get very creative. Maybe there are guys that can do vignettes out of their house. Maybe there are guys that can tape vignettes at the Performance Center. You know, maybe maybe, maybe there's that entertainment side of things that you can fill up this time with. Um, but regardless, while people are healthy, I think the best thing you can do is just tape as many of those matches as you can at the Performance Center. And maybe you just start building shows. Because who knows, man? I think the last quote was that Tampa, uh, as a city, was waiting to see if WWE as an organization would cancel WrestleMania. And I think they're going to revisit it this week uh, and and say that they would cancel it if WWE won't. And when I say cancel it, I mean it could be postponed, it could be moved, it could be whatever. But, I mean, it's a really complicated thing because let's say you postpone WrestleMania to the summer and maybe you make it some super WrestleMania SummerSlam show. Maybe you do WrestleMania in June, you do SummerSlam in August. But does that mean that you're going to push off all your storylines until June? Does that mean we're not going to see Drew versus Brock or Roman versus Goldberg or Fiend versus Cena until June? And if that's the case, does it make sense to be having regular weekly television or does it make more sense to start pulling stuff from the archives and maybe, you know, showing stuff like that? I think as stuff goes on, we're going to see more and more of that. Every sport, you know, all these TV stations have airtime that they need to fill. I think there should be some WWE representation in those time slots. You know, I think wrestling fans will watch. But who knows, man? Like I said, I think if WWE can tape as much stuff as they can at the Performance Center now and 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 that way have it just in case, no matter what happens, they're covered, I think that would be a best-case scenario. Um, but it's a weird time, man. It's a weird time. Uh, I, I don't think we want to talk about coronavirus for the entire show. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have a very special interview that I'd like to share with you. Before everybody went into lockdown, R-Truth came over to the Not Sam studio. He sat down with me right here in the Not Sam studio, uh, and we talked about everything. We talked about his 24-7 special on the WWE Network. We talked about uh, his new music that he's got coming out. We talked about... Uh, his 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 career. We talked about the fact that he's well-liked. We talked about wrestling. We talked about music. We talked about life. We talked about jail. He's our truth, man. If there is anybody entertaining enough to take you out of this coronavirus funk, I think it's our truth. So why don't we give our truth the floor? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going back to an interview format here on Not Sam Wrestling. My guest this week, the incomparable our truth Guys, I've been encouraging you to stay at home. We should all be quarantined no matter where you live. 
you should be staying at home right now just to make sure that everybody stays healthy. But while you're at home, it doesn't mean that you can't have a good time. In fact, while you're at home, you should be able to have a good time at any moment of the day. While you're at home, you should have the confidence that comes with having the sexual prowess of an absolute dynamo. While you're at home, you should have some Blue Chew. Yes, Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. That means when you and your lady, you and your partner can't leave the house, you can be ready to go at a moment's notice. No problem. If you're not a, a, a middle-of-the-afternoon guy, if you're not a morning guy, if maybe you're not a nighttime guy, who knows? The rules don't apply anymore because you're stuck at home all the time. So in order to take care of those urges that your partner has, you can't have them being mad at you while you guys are stuck in the house. Instead, chew a blue chew and be the man that your partner wanted you to be. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians. You don't have to go to the doctor's office and, and worry about any of this stuff. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You can practice social distancing with Blue Chew. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. You will see one person. That will be the mailman, and the mailman will have no idea what he's dropping off for you, okay? It's perfect for times like this. Best of all, no awkwardness. Right now, there's a special deal just for listening to Not Sam Wrestling. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free with our promo code ROBERTS. All you do is pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ROBERTS to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. So after watching the WWE 24-7 Special yeah. on the WWE 24-7 champion, R-Truth. Yep. The first thing that struck me was you talking about your Batcave and how it's your escape and how it's just everything that is truth, uh, everything that is Ron Killings, everything that is you, it's in a confined space. And I said, I got to show this guy that he's not alone. Man, and how, how sweet it is that you just showed me right now. It's yeah. It's happening. This is it. I'm in your Batcave, dog. That's what I mean. I'm sitting there, I'm watching you, and I'm going, you are a guy who your passion is creating music. Man. You don't want to have to leave the house. You built your space. So anytime there's a creative idea, anytime you're just like, oh, I wish I was in the studio right now, you go upstairs. Two years ago, we moved into a, a house from an apartment. Okay. And the first, I said to my wife, I said, we can go wherever you want. You can pick the house. I'm not interested. Uh, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. Right. You can have full autonomy, control. It's yours. From it's... the ground floor yes. to the sky. You have air rights over the house. You, you the boss. Everything. You however, the boss. however, there's one asterisk over that. <laughs> Beneath the surface, I need a basement. And I don't even either a finished basement or a basement that I can finish. Just a space. And you have no jurisdiction. Man. In that space. And this is where the Not Sam Studio is. This is where there's wrestling stuff everywhere. And when there's Man. where there's sneaker stuff everywhere, my TV and my PlayStation and everything. If your physical is not here, you still here. 
That's right. This is my spirit. Yes, <laughs> this dog. Is. You can walk in and out of here like you are, oh, man. This is dope. Right. I like it, man. Yes. This yes. is you. Right. There's no like nobody can walk in here, and I'm assuming it's the same as your bat cave. Nobody can walk in and go, I wonder what this guy's deal is. Like, no. Nah. All questions are answered right here. Nah. If you don't know by the time you leave out, something wrong with you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, you got to work on your powers of observation. Yes, yeah, don't put the headphones on. Put your headphones on. So you didn't tell me that. Right? Well, you don't, I mean, you don't have to. I don't want to tell you how to live your I life. I should have known. I thought so. See, You've but been that doing... was a test. Oh, I should have known then. No, I was, you put it, I was, I was testing you. Hey, man, put your headphones on. Be a professional. My dog. Don't you, don't you want to monitor how your voice sounds too? Yes, I man. mean, I know how I sound. Was I like loud and all that? No, no, no. I got the compression on okay, the mics good, and good, everything. Good, good, nice. Again, sweet, that's sweet, the other sweet, thing sweet. I did. Like, and then I went to Sirius, you know, where the day job is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, guys, I got a great idea. Just in case there's a blizzard. You know, I live outside the city. We need to set this studio up with the right compression and the right technology so that I can tap into the studio from my studio. And they said, that's a great idea, Sam. And so now I'm in the process. Hopefully this coronavirus thing will do it. I'm waiting for the first instance of, I should really stay home. Because I feel like once I stay home and broadcast from home a couple of times, yeah, that's gonna be the new normal. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, like once, that's, once that's in motion, that's what, that was a We're that doing. was a really big uh, epiphany. Epiphany is right. That's correct. <laughs> that was a really that we took that that and stretched it out to yeah. like yeah. It's yeah, the, the, I, all, I, every you I think mean, it will evolve to that broadcasting I, from home. I would hope so. I would hope so. I literally had a conversation with my agent the other day and said because he was like, oh, there's this wrestling podcast documentary thing, and they want to interview you about this thing, and I was like, look. As my agent, if you can get to the place where I can make my living going downstairs, talking about wrestling for somebody's podcast and making my living that way, we'll be done here. Okay, <laughs> we'll be finished. Oh, I'm like, I'm with you on that, but that's a little bit lazy, Sam. <laughs> that's lazy as hell, man. Like, yeah, I was. That's, that's the other thing I'm watching. You got to get out the house sometime, <laughs> man. At some point, you're like, I just want to go outside. Yeah. Do it down there. Yeah, take these cameras down so nobody can <laughs> nobody can see that I didn't even get dressed. <laughs> you made it a real bad cave. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like a bad like we're gonna start turning the I'm lights off. <laughs> <laughs> I feel where you're coming from. Yeah, I do feel where you're coming from. You get the spirit of it. I do. And check this out. I have the studio in my house. Right. Bro, man, like since I've been working with uh my new producer slash manager, mm -hmm. it's like. I found my niche. I found my dude. I use that studio, man. If he hit me up and said, hey, man, I need you to do a couple of drops and just send them to me and I'll finish mixing them or whatever. I use it for that. I've been setting it up for my son. I don't go there. Like, I mean, I just, and it's still my back cave. Right. I go there, it's where me at. Right. Uh, I have a gym in my house. That's great. It's the fact of knowing I can go there. Like, if I wake up two, three, four in the morning, I can go work out in there. Like, if I got, and it doesn't take that extra hour of just going anywhere, travel, and getting yeah, dressed and doing yeah. the thing. Like it's it's no, we could just however long this activity yeah. is, any time of the day. You nobody else it. is there. All my yeah. machines that I need are there. Whatever yes. I need, yeah. But it gives you that lazy ass sense right. because <laughs> <Right>. listen, <laughs> there's been times 
I'm on my treadmill, man. Uh-huh. And I get up on there and I'm thinking, ah, oh, damn. I'm gonna go down there and get me one of them uh, pieces of brownie pan just cooked. <laughs> I ain't gonna get no brownie at the gym like that. <laughs> no. I'm no. not gonna be thinking about no bowl of cereal. Right. Or no macaroni chips. I'm not gonna be thinking about none of that <laughs> while I'm at the gym. You're sitting there. If you're at the gym, you're like, you know what? I just drove all the way to the gym. I did all this hard work. Let me go Man. out and get a wrap. Let me go out and get something that's light on the carbs, not. Oh, Sam, you smelling a... that mat. You smelling the steam room, the sauna. <laughs> your, your mind is not even on that. Mm-mm. It's the relaxation of the being the lazy ass. Yeah. You don't want to leave the house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's dangerous. You can, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. No, sometimes you have to get out to go get it, to feel it, to like, it, it makes you, it gives you a different appetite for the taste of the game leaving your environment sometimes to me yeah no you're right and it, and it, and it gets the competitive spirit going man. yeah man yeah. You, you know you're at home right you, you know, know and, you know you're at home right and you're not you're not necessarily looking for, once you're at home you're not sitting there looking for what's next <laughs> right you're at home doing a break you're like you, you what's upstairs, take a, lay down on the couch <laughs> that's it that's what's next you're not sitting there yeah that hunger does kind of go away because the only hunger is the hunger for your wife's brownies. <laughs> like, that's, that spirit is gone, though. <laughs> you're right, because you've completely yeah. succumbed to just settling in. You're comfortable. You're, you're, yeah. Uh, the, you got to be out of your comfort zone. To, to have that animal instinct of going to get it. Yeah. You, you breathe. You, you, it smells different. Right. Because when you Yeah, because when everything's out of your own home... <laughs> Anything that makes you uncomfortable, anything that like you start to feel weird and competitive with, you're just like, I just keep it out of my home. I just won't have it here. It'll teach you that. Right, exactly. But that you don't grow. You just sit there and you do your little stuff. You record your drops, whatever they have you yeah. do, and then you go and you lay down on the couch and <laughs> you watch reruns. You watch you end up watching reruns right. of some TV show that yes. was on twenty years ago. Bro, you're like just the whole mental thing of it, man. You're like Doing things you wouldn't normally do if you're that work. Your posture even different. Right. You probably got your feet up. Yeah. And you're, you're probably in your underwear or your or your pajamas all day. You know, I'm gonna tell you something. You're doing it in your pajamas. I'm gonna tell you something, and I've never said this publicly. <laughs> I actually had to send. So, like, even when I'm doing phoners, like we did a phoner not too long ago, and I do yeah. the phoners out of here, and I put the video camera on so I could put it on YouTube and and do the okay. whole thing, right? <laughs> but you're right. I was on a phoner. I think it was with Corey Graves. And I forgot. I was so comfortable in my own home. Yeah. I'm talking about wrestling, which I could, I mean, that's, you know, I've been watching it forever. So right. I, I, everything is comfortable. And I start, and I didn't even realize. I took two, like, little wrestling toys that were right here. And I just start going, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And I go, oh, my God. Like, the thing ended. And I was like, I can't put that video out like Bruh, that. No. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You stepped outside of you. I did. And, and you got too comfortable. Yeah, I got too comfortable. It's one thing to be authentic, but you can't truly just tear everything away and just be yourself. There's got to be some kind of public image. Man, with public image comes public experience to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This, mm-hmm. this uh, competitive world, this competitive environment, this competitive industry. Yes. Anything you're doing, achieving, trying to go to, it's dreams are competitive. You know what I'm saying? Competitive mm-hmm. is a word for, for a reason. Yeah. So like sometimes you got to leave that comfort zone and go compete, man. Be a, you know what I'm saying? Especially a guy like you who's been doing 
who's been entertaining as long as you've been entertaining. Like, right. if you said, today's the day I hang up the boots, people would be like, okay, you had a career. You could rest on your laurels. You I'm, know what I mean? On my morals? Laurels. Who is she? <laughs> I'm married. She's my wife's up, name is Pam. She's upstairs. <laughs> Laurel's upstairs waiting. <laughs> no, you could just rest on what you've already accomplished, right? There's enough there. I'm sure you've made enough money, and I'm sure you've done you've done enough, right? The book, theoretically, if you wrote the book now, mm-hmm. people would go like, "Yeah, that's a book." Not to say that you've accomplished everything you've ever wanted to accomplish, but everything that you have accomplished equates to. More than a lifetime for most people. Really? So if you didn't have that competitiveness in you, and you were just like, yeah, I'm done doing anything, yeah, people would still go, what an incredible life he had. Oh, that. But at the same time, cool. at the same time, when you're alive, yeah, and people are going, what an incredible life he had, that's not the best feeling in the world. That's no, not the goal man. that you want when you're waking up in the morning. You don't no, want to know you're man. finished. No, I feel like you might well be like in that upper room. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it's it's over when you feel like that. It's uh, I don't think it could ever be over for anybody that that's has that it shining light. Yeah, it, man, it's always the way to stay in the game, man. So, what do you have? You always just had this this drive in you because you go, you're a kid, and you're into athletics. So obviously, and you're good at athletics. So obviously, there's drive there. You know, at the same time, you come from a place where there's not a lot of mainstream successful people. Most of the people that are successful are drug dealers or whoever they are. Right. But, but by the way, you're successful in the hood, and you're good at that. You and, end up and, good at that. A at lot a young of the age. drug dealers in the hood is where I got a lot of the game from. A lot of the game, as far as I mean, like the street game, ain't too much more different than the hustle game, which ain't too much more different than the grind game, which mm-hmm. ain't more different than the game of life. Right, so right, like, right, right, right. I took right. a lot of stuff from the streets and all of that stuff, man. Like, um, I wouldn't give nothing back that I, I had to learn. Right, all of that, man. And, and that grind is part of that grind. Like you said, you know what to expect, what you want, and, and what you need, what what you ain't gonna have. And I learned so much from that game. I just took a lot from it. I was locked up one time with this um, this Jamaican guy, and man, he had like he was like one of the Biggest, he was like one of one of the guys, and um, man, he did nothing but kick knowledge to me. The knowledge he kicked to me, I, I was like at that time, dog. I was I'd have been to jail so much. I was like, okay, I'm ready. To, I was a willing vessel. I was ready to listen to anybody, and, and because you had no guidance, bro, I had, I had no, I, I didn't have to have guidance. I knew right from wrong. You just weren't doing so right. I I was. I know what it's like. You know what it's like to be a kid, man. I was yeah. out of high school. I was in high school. Um, it was just, um, I guess, fitting in. I never tried to fit in with nobody, but it was just being a part of. Uh, I didn't have to be a part of. It was just experiencing life, man, mm-hmm. and just grow, just learning. Right. Just learning. And uh, but this man, this Jamaican guy, I never forget. I was the first guy, man. And it was like, right. He was when I said he was the guy. He was like Nino Brown, the guy. Mm-hmm. But man, he 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 was like kicking the knowledge to me. He was like, man, you're gonna get another chance to do this. You're going to get another chance to go out here and blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? For the culture, for yourself, man, and for, for the kids. Your future. I think I had one son at the time. He was like, you need to like do something, man. He said, what you going to do? Come back in here again like me, like all of them? He said, I won't ever leave jail. Ever. And bro, I mean, I just remember that. And just like... And you're... How old are you at this point? Oh, man, I was like, what, 20... 
24. And that's when, like, because, I mean, when you're 24, forever oh, is forever. You buck wow. Right. Buck wow, man. Right. Just like uh, young, dumb for the fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you just inexperienced in life, inexperienced in anything. Life don't come with no handbook. Mm-hmm. You got it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. Full of fun is right. <laughs> so, man, it was just like um, learning back then, man, was like, like if I could go back to like what I know now back then, yeah, it wouldn't be fair. Man, I would be so ahead of the game like right now. Oh, my God, yeah. But everybody says that, but it's like I'm so comfortable with me, man. Like mm-hmm. from, from the map, Sam, from being a guy in high school, meeting Tupac Shakur, Easy e and all them guys because I was – so in love and so involved with the music, man, to, <clears throat> excuse me, I was so involved with the music to where I'm just like, I got the habits, I got to be the world's biggest rap star. So I hustled, I did. I, I was in the street, man, to like, I took care of my dancers, I, could, I took care of studio stuff, I took care of anything we needed to get where we had to get to. Mm-hmm. Man, and I had some troopers that stuck by me, but that's when I was like getting in all the trouble and that. So it's right. not like I was like striving to be this, Big Nino Brown. That wasn't even all my plan. It was just like trying to get there. But I, so you were hustling. But your goals were in music. So you were hustling to be able to create what you wanted to create in music. That's where the money was at. Right where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, and bro, I, I got caught with where like, damn, I could do this forever. What? Bro, seriously? Hi, yeah. Hustling bro, and using yeah. that money to get yourself over with music. The way I had it. Right. Yeah. I thought like I, I, I got. There's songs I got where I say I say I thought I could, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we'll get that illusion, man. That's what where I'm from. That's how, sometimes that's what's offered. That, that's, yeah, we don't, yeah, we yeah. don't get that. Hey, man, you can do this. I was getting that. I got that when I got locked up with that Jamaican dog. Right. So you know what I'm saying? So like, when the Jamaican guy is that your first kind of realization that I can't do this forever? Like there is like there's a clear there's an end to this thing. Yeah, dog. Like it was the way he kept saying, man, I ain't never ever getting out of here. Right. Like, you can't go and meet Tupac. I don't care how much drug money you have. You can't meet Tupac if they don't let you out. Man, no. But see, the thing about it, man, is like uh, every time I got locked up, my sister would always, like, you know, send me something to keep my face up, keep my, my head up in there, man, because it's like, bro, you, you you don't see nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like she would send me pictures of all the stuff I'm doing. Right. Like, like the pictures with me, um, Opening up for Chubb Rock to me, opening up with Tracy Spencer. I'm, I'm doing all these just shows. as a reminder of like, look, this is who you are. This is what you're who doing. you are, and to keep my spirits up. Right. I, I was like, bro, I'm, I'm caged up. Right. Like, bro, you got me. I, I got to break free of this. It's not, you know, what I'm, saying? I'm trying to do something. Y'all don't understand me, isn't that? But it's like, hey, dude, you can't be doing that right there, bro. It's, it's, it's the law. You know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> yeah. like, bro, you're trying yeah. to be like, you don't understand. I'm really trying to get something done here. <laughs> Like, I'm not, I don't think you guys understand what my I'm, plan is. I'm not the one of the bad ones. I'm not really, like, you know what I'm, I'm not, I'm not hurting nobody. Yeah. Officer, I, 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 you may be confused. <laughs> this is simply a means to an end. I think that we're on different pages here, officer. Yes, man. I think we need to hear each other. Yes, man. So there's the times, officer, man, like, I'm explaining to the deputies in there, like, and they're looking at the picture. There's pictures of me, man. I think it was, um, I opened up for, I think it was Tracy Spencer. And the, the outfits that I paid for off the money on the street, bro, they were coming up loose and people were snapping pictures. And by the time the song was over, man, we were like, we had like straps here. My friend's mom made them. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> <laughs> just things like that. Like, and bro, it's like, kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to where when I met Crockett that time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, 
he just it's the way he it came about with me and this, uh, the deputies trying to find somebody that had some money mm-hmm. that could invest in me with my music, and then with that, you know what I'm saying, dude, you become a big rap star, and we ain't got to work here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. We can take care of you, dog. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm like, that's the plan. Let's do it. Right. So man, bro, it's a serious story, man. So yeah. like, we went through, man. He went. They would go through all people like rap sheet. And try to find like nah, not this person. Nah, nah, that's embarrassment. We ain't want him. We don't even want him. <laughs> this person. And they found Crockett. So they actually went and talked to Crockett. And he was already like checking me out. Because uh-huh. I was like just being me, man, in jail. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a lot of guys knew it was like they knew who I was, knew I did music, and it was just. I mean, yeah. I mean, based on the people you already said that you were meeting, you locally you had to already be famous. Man, yes. And yeah. with football, and with, like it was just yeah. me and my my friends or people crossed on that. That was just locked up, man. So it was like me learning at the same time now, like. I'm still this caged up dude. I ain't trying to be here, bro. I'm just, right. this is a misunderstanding between, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I didn't know you guys took it that serious. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, sir. I never, they were like, you've been here four times. What do you mean you didn't know we took it this seriously? Yes, man. So, like, um, meeting Crockett, man, they told me about Crockett. And at this time, I'm very aware of wrestling. I'm very aware of, like, um, at the time, NWA with, like, Magnum TA. Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes. Right. Um, but the deputy was like, hey, man, you ever heard of Jack Crockett? And I was like, uh, sort of kind of. He's like, oh, man, him and his family brought the Charlotte O's here, the baseball team, the uh, Crockett's Park. He said they brought wrestling to the South. They're like, that's cool. What we going to do with that? <laughs> yeah. He said, no, Does he have man. some money? Yeah. <laughs> 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 is, is he the plug, dude? He got the money. Yeah. Dog, he got the money. He said, uh, said bro. He got to have some money, man. Jack right. Crockett. But he's the deputies, man. So, like, they went and talked to Crockett. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, Crockett was like, yeah, I like to meet him. I'm, I mean, he entertains me with what he does and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so me and Crockett talked. And I'm talking maybe, like, he was getting out in two weeks. Uh-huh. He barely was in there. He would leave jail at, I mean, it's cool for me to say this. He would leave jail at, like, 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. Uh-huh. He wouldn't come back to, like, 8 or night. What? On work it release? Was, what type of yeah. job? What when type we, of job? We, how, how could you have that I get long work, of a work? I want to work there, play. <laughs> yeah. No. They, so he's like, this is my job. It's a 14-hour-a-day job. It's seven days a week. <laughs> so Man, he would barely be there. So it was like. <laughs> it's just his bed. Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, he's just trying That's to it. avoid rent. He would come back. He would talk Go. to me for like. 15, 20 minutes, and he'll go to bed. Yeah, wake, I got to get up early. I'm wake leaving up, again. Yeah, wake, <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? Okay. Oh, you'll be here? Oh, oh, okay. All right, no, I'll be out. But yeah, yeah, okay. I'll see you tomorrow evening, later, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So his last time being there, last day, he, uh, he said, hey, I'm going to give you my phone number. He said, don't lose it. Give me a call when you get out. He mm-hmm. said, I'll give you a job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, a young me at that time, I'm like, okay, let me cut this damn grass. <laughs> so yeah. you think I'm a great good grass like funny guy gonna cut my grass uh-huh. like, okay oh, cool well got out six months later man and it's like um gave him a call and uh he remember who I was uh-huh. and came and picked me up and I'm the west side of Charlotte he like, West he came and picked me up took me out to Bennigan's I won't ever forget the restaurant and um that was the first time he offered professional wrestling to me so that was his his vision for you was you're in shape. You're charismatic. Let's make you into a wrestler. Yes. And you're sitting there like, I thought we were getting some money, <laughs> and we were gonna rap. Like I thought you would handle the finances. Yeah. I'll make some music. 
You'll get your money back, maybe. <laughs> we'll be good. Let's do this. Right. Let's do this, dog. Right. Man, and um, he laughed at me. Not like crying, not dying laughing. He's like, this. <laughs> he's a kid. He said, Nobody's going to give you no money. To just, <laughs> he said, I met you in jail. <laughs> he said, oh, um, you, 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 your money. He said, you're, you, it's written all over you. You're light. He yeah. said, um, he said, God told me to give back to you. He said, it's not money. He said, no, what I'm offering you, you better pay for your own studio, anything. He said, you better invest in yourself. He said, that's where your money is, in you. And uh, I'm like, man. I said, much obliged, but no no thanks. Because you were like, look, I, I appreciate the offer to be able to invest in myself. Yeah. But I'm really looking for upfront yeah. cash. <laughs> or maybe we can invest in me later. <laughs> this is more of an upfront type of, you know, you're talking yeah. uh, sort of uh, yes. paper yes. investment. I'm liquid. I'm looking yeah. to be liquid right now. Now. Yeah, now. Like when we leave here. Right. Yeah. I've been Man. in jail and uh, there hasn't been a ton of income coming <laughs> Nothing. in. Nothing. So, Nothing. So, man, I actually turned them down. And so you were looking for somebody who had also talked to God, but God had told them... <laughs> to give this dude some money. Right? okay. <laughs> give him some money. All right, yeah. Invest your money in him. I mean, that's amazing. When you look back and you think about that, you're like, this man met me in jail, just decided to offer me an opportunity. And in my mind, I thought, well, clearly I need to turn this down. <laughs> like, that is wild. But you got to think, Sam, at that time... I. Bro, I'm in high school. I'm meeting two. I'm hanging out with a lot of celebrities. At right, time. right. Um, not playing no football, no sports. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of hot in my town at that time. Sure, so sure, like, sure. I just need this money. Funny right. part. Of, the funny thing about that. Ask me how much I needed. How much money did you need? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were really that looking, was never were, talked about. You man. were really looking for the investor <laughs> to come to the table with a figure because <laughs> you were like. I, some. How much money are you looking for? Uh, some. You know, I'm looking to put some money in my pocket. Yes, man. And then I'll go. I need to do so. And then I'll make. And then I'll use that money to go get more. Here's the here's the yes. business plan right now. You never said how much money, man. Okay. I think about that. And I'm like, ooh, dude. <laughs> like, do you think if? Young R-Truth, fresh out of jail, had come to current day R-Truth. Do you think to yourself, like, I would have thrown this kid Man. out the room? I get it now. <laughs> I get yeah, it now. You get people. Kind of... Man, I just got, I got this, oh, I got this CD man. you got to hear. And I I'm mean... the hottest. <laughs> yeah. I'm the hottest thing, dog. I mean, bro, bro, <laughs> bro, you ain't fire. <laughs> yeah. Fire, dog, I'm a, bro. Can I hear some of your music? No, well, you got that studio though, right? Like we could record some of the music. I was like, shirt, hoodie, coat, super hot, super hot, <laughs> fire, just fire all day. Yeah, man, but it, it didn't work like that, man. I turned him down for two years. Two years. Mm -hmm. And you kept it, but you kept in contact with them. No, I thought maybe, maybe once or twice. Wow, maybe once or twice. Uh, I just remember, man, uh, I think I went back to jail two times, but I, I, maybe I stayed a couple of days or something like that. Oh, so out. nothing major. The third time I went back was like, uh, man, it was something. 
I, th- I can't really can't remember what it was. It was like either um, with the lights off, speeding or something. Whoever was driving was speeding, man. It's like uh, they pulled over. And, bro, like I had, like, I was riding dirty. <laughs> riding dirty. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So I was like. I know what that song's yeah, about. Yeah, I went back. I went back for that long time. <laughs> no, to me, though, one day is long in there. Yeah. But I don't think I was in there for, like, maybe my three to six months. Right. So it was like, this was like, I remember that time was like, okay. Was that the longest time you've been in? No. Well, the time I met Crockett, man, I was already in there for like eight months. Okay. I think I did like maybe three or four more before I got out. So it's like, this time I know it was like my last time. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that that amount of time is the difference between going in and being like, you know what, this is my punishment. Let me just go in and get this over with and... I'm gonna have to get acclimated to life in here. Bro, I never had no job doing all this. Uh-huh. Never had no job. Well, I was on work release. I had a job, and I was at the uh, the warehouse, mm-hmm. and I only did that so I can see some other than Orange. Right. Bro, was driving me crazy. Right. So, um, called him two years later. He came and picked me up, and uh, he said, uh, "Are you ready? You want you want to take it?" He said, "I already told you what it is." He said, "It won't cost you nothing but time and dedication." He said, when you taste the blood, I'll know it. I was like, man, whatever you want me to do. I was like, you tell me. He said, he said, I was well, a different I'll, you. Bro. Yeah. Like, he said, uh, he said, when can you go to Atlanta? I said, I'm ready now. He said, we're flying out in the morning. Wow. Boom. Wow. Boom, that quick. And then it was just, it, what's amazing is it was just nonstop after that. So you're going to training, obviously. No, he, well, he took me to... um. He took me to that WCW show, man, and uh, that was the first time I ever went to a live wrestling show. And now what year is it when you go to that WCW show? Ooh-wee. Like, the first time you guys are talking, you're kind of aware, you know, the Road Warriors, Magnum TA, those guys. But This was when Harlem Heat was okay. real hot. Booker and uh, Stevie was real probably hot. Probably like 94, 93, 94? 95, 95, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, um, man, I went to the show. And Crockett was beside me because at this time he switched from uh, being hit senior cameraman to like just arranging stuff on the floor. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting beside me and he was like, uh, "Flair music hit." When the music hit, man, he was like, "See that? See Flair?" And dog, I'm trying to like watch the show and people just went crazy before he even came out to the curtains. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, what? yeah. And then when he came out, man, Crockett says, "See, that could be you." Remember how you was dancing in jail? Remember how you was doing all those moves? He said, see, you you were rap, that rap, you was rapping, you were rapping all the way down, and you're getting the ring, and, and you would start fighting, then you can hit those dance moves. He said, you build you a character. And, man, after that, dog, I was just ready. That's it. You saw it. I saw it. And you were like, here, this is, I'm this do, is I'm for me. This. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I was getting paid. When I went to, uh, he took me to the first uh, place to show them, uh, they would teach me how to build a ring. Uh-huh. I got tired of that kind of quick, but I, I loved it, man. I respect it. I love, and I even did it. And there was times I remember doing it, man, like carrying them beams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrying them two by eights, man. Like, there yeah. was times I was like, dude, bro, it's, I'm glad this stuff different than what I'm used to, man. I'd be tired of this by now. I was just, I wasn't going back. Right. We'll get back to our truth in just a second, but if you've been looking for more fun, if you've been looking for more content while you've got the time to consume, then might I suggest becoming a member of the Not Sam Shills. Head on over to patreon.com slash wrestling. If you've got more time, it's just a great way to use it. Not only 
will you get an extra additional Not Sam Wrestling show every single week. Every Thursday, Thursday Not Sam Thursday drops exclusively for the Not Sam shows. Some of the Not Sam shows even get it on video, but every Not Sam show gets the audio of it. Every Not Sam show also gets access to our Discord room. So if you're sitting at home and you want to talk to people like you that are listening to Not Sam Wrestling, talk about wrestling, talk about the lack of wrestling, talk about what you would do, join the Discord room by becoming a Not Sam show at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Best of all, you enter in at that money mark tier. That introductory tier is going to get you the extra show every Thursday. It's going to get you access to the Discord room, and it's less than a dollar a week, only four bucks a month, and you can become a Not Sam shill. Join the army. Become a shill at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Yeah, now you had a whole different perspective. Man, he was paying us in hot dogs. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't even eat hot dogs now due to some of those times and, be, and being broke. Right. I don't eat hot dogs now. I don't care if it's beef dogs. Anything mm. that's shaped like that to go in the bun, I ain't eating. Nothing. Nothing, man. Nothing. Oh, no. You man. won't even eat breakfast sausages. No. No. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing like that. Because that is for people who aren't making money that are getting paid in hot dogs in your mind. No. I mean, for, in your in your experience. It takes me back, man. Yeah, that's right. I was right. like, even when I had money, like you go to the, uh, what is it, 7 Eleven or the, uh, yeah. the store, and you you know that hot dog smell? Yeah. With the chili? Yeah. You know? And it's sitting there on the thing with the, <laughs> just rolling it to make sure it gets yes, that even man. cook Bro, all the way through. I was the guy that would like eat six, seven of them, man. Like, like. Because there's a. And it was good. And it was good. It was yeah, good. Yeah, that was just it's, what I liked amazing. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like eating a, a sirloin prime rib steak. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm, bon appetit. <laughs> but, um, but you didn't have moments when, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, jail will do that to you. But you didn't have moments when you were putting together rings, when you were getting paid in hot dogs, where you were like, man, like, I was making money when I was hustling. I was famous in my area. I want to go back to that. Because there's no always, promise here with wrestling. Yes, always had that. You know, the brain the, is a recorder, man. You know, I always had that and knew that. Yeah. But I had already accepted the fact that I wasn't I wasn't going that route. It's done. Bro, I was done. So yeah. you're able to just click off on stuff like that. Like, once you're yes. done. It's a button. It's done. It's done. Right. Yeah, it's a button. Right. There's no With dimmer me. on on truth. No, nah, it's a switch. It's a switch, man. Yeah, and, and I've, I've through the experiences and time and lessons learned, and, and just now that I know who Ron Killing's truth is, I, I know how to be me. I know that saddle, I, I can ride it. Yeah, it's a switch. So you got to WWE pretty quickly after you started wrestling, right? Yeah, uh, four years, man. It, it, oh, you were it, going for four years before WWE. It was. It went by quick though to me. Um, right from him taking me in there because it's like. And in the documentary, you hear me uh, refer to him as the ram in the bush. Mm -hmm. um, through every pretty much adversity I done went through, uh, I hate to leave him out. The Jamaican guy, he was the ram in the bush. Mm -hmm. That that was that was the universe, God talking to me then, mm -hmm. giving me. You know what I'm saying? But and mm -hmm. I'm listening to this then. I'm like I told you, man. It's like you guys don't understand. I'm not doing it for this. It's not what I really want to do with it. You know, right. it's misunderstanding here. But that <laughs> ram in the bush is always for like 
Man, get yourself together. You know what I'm saying? You guys, we're not equals here. Like, they set the rules. You follow the rules. That's it. This is what you're supposed to do, right? right. You're not special. Yeah. But, oh, man, it was just like, um, I knew I wasn't going back to that, man. So when you were, when you, when you got the WWE and wrestling started to kind of take off and you were like, this is what I do now. This is who I am. I'm, I'm K crush. I'm K quick. Was there a part of you that was like, you know, I'm really not trying to give up on my music dreams or was it enough that the music was intertwined in that wrestling character? So you felt like, yes. Yeah. It was enough then. It was enough then. Uh, even then, uh, there are songs that I did, uh, during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, actually one song, uh, uh, right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went one uh, one day. We was at work, and I uh, went to Vince's office, and I would go in there with my little boombox, and I went home, like, "Hey, what, are you, uh, what you doing, boss?" And he'd be like, "Oh, nothing. What, what do you got?" This is on your first in your first stint. Like, were you comfortable enough with Vince McMahon in your first stint in WWE that this would have been something you would have done then? Yes. Yes. That's incredible. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was from the from the time Vince flew me up to meet him. Uh-huh. He told me he liked him. I was like um, walking around looking for. First of all, people. I don't know if people know this, right? Mm-hmm. I had wrote that I was like six, six four, mm-hmm. two hundred and uh, seven, two hundred sixty pounds. <laughs> so like that had to circulate around to when they saw me. <laughs> it's like they're gonna see you're not you. six four, and you're not two sixty. I said, damn. I said, bruh. I said, those pencils, man. I said, I don't know who put that down there. I said, I'm actually, I'm not Vince. You can see that. I like, that's my favorite. I love when people have that strategy of when they're caught. Like when you get caught and you act like you're on the side of the person who caught you. Definitely. Then you're like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, right. You're right. You're not not six, four. You're not six, five. I know. Bro, I don't even what, know what. what is, I mean, who? You are on your job. <laughs> You're on your job, man. All right, let's keep it So moving. how your day been going? <laughs> yeah. yeah bro. And he was like, uh, I like you because you're, you're so natural. You're you're, you're you. Mm-hmm. He said, you just don't. You're you. You don't give a damn. You're just you. Yeah. He said, I don't even think you can help it. <laughs> and so yeah. it's just like. That's yeah, because you weren't doing that on purpose, right? You didn't go in there and, no. and say like, you know what? I'm just going to be me, and I'm going to try really hard. No, man. You just are you. This is intimidating. Mm-hmm. He's an intimidating guy, but it's like I've always moved on field. Mm-hmm. Since I've, like, been introduced to who I am, mm-hmm. like, even from the time, like, once Crockett, once the, the whole thing, blah, 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 and I'm there, mm-hmm. I've been suited up, man, and I've been, like, uh, moving on field on everything, and I just feel, I can feel energy. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess, too, most people, the one thing that helps about where you came from is, you know that you can't go back, right? So I would imagine that you're always on this other level of like, no, this is going to work. But yes, I don't even think about going right. back. Yes, so right. I'm just, it's almost like the faith of that, like I just know. Yes. I just know. Yes. I already knew Vince was going to like me. <laughs> I, I just, man, so like all the way down to like, man, like I see Vince when, you know when he's like in his, his sweats, man, his jeans and stuff, mm-hmm. man, we chilling, we cool, man. It's like, um. You just got to have that much faith, confidence, and just the world is like that. Yeah, people just have don't don't have that much, um, I guess, confidence, ambition, or consistency, or, or being able to uh, accept criticism, take it in, use it as fuel yeah. to keep going. But there's and, a lot and, of guys that thought what I was doing was crazy, though. Like what kind? Of, like what stuff that you were doing? When I was starting wrestling, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people were like, "Oh man, you can do that, though." 
Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're seeing guys running around in their tights. <laughs> like they were like, bruh, what don't you, do that, man. What are you doing? Bro, don't do that, man. Come back on the block. <laughs> you're, you're like, I don't know, but that's a little riskier. Oh, no, no, man. Yeah, y'all, y'all take care of me, though. I'm gonna take care of y'all. <laughs> Did you when you started bringing urban elements into wrestling? That I mean, not a lot of people were doing. Bruh, were promoter cool, with, right? Yeah. But when you explain to a promoter like, this is what I'm gonna say, or this is what I'm gonna wear, or, this is what I'm gonna do. And the promoter would look at you like, <laughs> "You're gonna what? You're gonna yeah. wear like you have your tights on under that? Like what? Why are there why are there things yeah. jangling off your belt loops? I don't yeah. understand what's what's happening. Get on jeans. I'm like, what? What's running in bag of jeans? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bag of jeans and a glove. <laughs> yeah. But did you have to explain? Like, did you have a tough time in the beginning? No, you just did it. I did it and it was accepted. It was right. um, even the promoters, man. Even everybody, they, they're like, "Wow, this guy's cool." <laughs> it's like, I like this guy. Like, yeah. like it was, it was, it was welcomed, man. Yeah, I, I never had no problems with it. So when you got let go from WWE <laughs> the first time, or I guess the only time you got let go after your first run, <clears throat> um, at that point was there any worry that oh this might be over? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably for like maybe, I guess uh, it was a lot of emotions going on from this might be over to not knowing. It's my first time from like, other than work release, having a job. That right. Other than in the street. So it's Plus, like, Vince, I thought you liked me. I thought we bro, were friends. Yeah, man. I was, I think I, I we were cool. Hurt, man. I don't think I cried. I didn't cry right then. Because uh-huh. it was, it took a while for the shout to come into me. Mm-hmm. I cried maybe like two, three days later. And, <laughs> but it wasn't like a breakup with a girlfriend. Cry. Like, it, was, it was like, it was just a, a mad cry. It was angry. A mad cry. Yeah. Angry. angry. Don't even know why I was mad. Right. Because I, I wasn't that mature into the business yet mm-hmm. of knowing how it, how it works, how it right. goes and stuff. So it was like, then I had friends of mine that reached out to me, and then I started learning and knowing that, oh, I can go out here and do this. I can go out here and do that. I can still make a living. I can right. still. Yeah, right. then it started getting easy to be able to adapt to it, and I started, like, coming up with different ways to reinvent myself again. And I'm pretty sure that, I mean, pretty quickly into TNA, you knew – Okay, we're good. Because yeah. I mean you were a main event guy yes. pretty yes. much immediately. I know TNA was a smaller field, but like when you're yeah. there and there is money behind it, yes. and you're a main event guy and really quickly the champion, it's like yes. okay, maybe this was even what I needed this right was now. Better. This was it. This right. is what I was this is what it was about. Right. Yes. Right. Now I can finally show the world what 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 yes. this looks like yes. in the main event. Yes. And how that can translate elsewhere Boom. eventually. Boom. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when you were talking about going back to WWE because I think that this is one of those things you always hear about WWE that it's always kind of business first and as much as it's a cutthroat place, it's also a pretty forgiving place as Man. as time goes on, right? Yes. And you feel like in the moment, you go out there, you're mad. You're also trying to get some buzz going for yourself. Yes. Let me go and dump on WWE because yes. now I'm gone from there. Yes. And I'll be that sort of rebellious, like, oh, yeah. dangerous our truth. And, <laughs> and then you're going like, you're going like, yeah. okay, well, that's over now. Yes. I yes. think I burned that bridge. Man, yeah, I thought I burned that bridge. And you then realized that you can't, these, these bridges are fireproof, man. Yeah, man. Uh, one thing about Vince, man, WWE, they give you that. 
they let you go mature. Yes. And, and it's one of the, the most forgiving place, man. Like, you see people that you probably thought or heard would ever, ever have a chance of coming back. Bro, they, they, they know you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They know you sometimes have to mature. Some take longer, some, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, I, I was so surprised of you, that, to know that, yeah. Especially, and this always shocked me, that they let they didn't bring you back as K-Quick. They let you keep the truth part of your name that you had branded yes. outside of their company. Yeah, that was cool. Like, when you came back as truth, that had to shock you. Whammied me. Yeah. Whammied me, man. And it was, uh, man, I was fortunate for them to do that. That, that yeah. was wild. Yeah. It really is amazing, too, and it says so much about how the WWE presents yes. things. Yes, yes, that, that they let that happen, and that now, truth just feels like what you've always been yes. in WWE. It's yes. the same thing with, like, an AJ Styles. I feel like when you get there, if you kind of give yourself over to becoming like, no, I'm going to put 100% into being not a wrestler, a WWE superstar. Yes. All of a sudden, people see AJ Styles, who was the number one name of that guy probably will never be in WWE. He's accomplished everything outside. You don't even think about anything besides WWE when you see that guy. Yes. They take you to to that plateau you need to be at. Yeah. So is that when you start thinking like, Okay, I got to keep recording music, right? Because you're coming back, you're going to be a, a a solo act. You're going to come back with with new music. Obviously, that's when What's Up comes out and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, or 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 were you recording music the entire time? Uh, I was still recording music the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came back, um, I think uh, I had just released something. I was about to release something, mm-hmm. but. Um, I was still recording music. This is me producing it now. Mm-hmm. So I was still recording at that time and uh, trying to re- do projects and with the knowledge I had and the surrounding of friends that I kept, mm-hmm. um, it just wasn't popping off right. Hmm. It just was not popping off right. I still had my, my, my small fan base, but as far as knowing how to like market it and, and do all the PR work, the layout, and, and just get it out there and just get it... Um, I'm right. going to campaign the, the right way. Right. I just didn't have the knowledge or the resource or the people to do that. You just figured, I'll put this music out. People hear how hot it is. Boom. And it'll be the biggest yes. thing ever. Yes. I'm, I'm the baddest. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Right. And you didn't realize there's this whole, uh, there's a reason people have these teams. Man, they're the reason. <laughs> they're the whole reason to the season. You got to get the yes, word yeah, out. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah. It wasn't time. Right. It wasn't time. Hey, what was the... Uh, the footage that was on the 24 special of you and Vince and you're in a room full of the roster and you're kind of like just up on a table being yourself, making people laugh, doing the whole thing. What was uh, that? Uh, I think Vince uh, was having a, was having a meeting uh-huh. and he asked me to come up there and say something. <laughs> and I just... <laughs> Went into a whole spiel of dancing. And I don't even know if I said what he wanted me to talk about. Yeah, but he joined in with me. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think um, it was some speech I gave, man, but I decided to get on the table and do it. Yeah. Just to show people how I can do things and just get away with it or take their mind off something that could be considered odd. Right. That's <laughs> odd. That's odd he's That's doing this. That's odd. Yeah, so I thought it was just one of those moments caught on tape. How do you act to people that you don't like? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, 
I, it's true that I've never met anybody with, not only have I never met anything, anybody with a bad thing to say about you, but it's one of those things where I find, you know, there are other guys that have their side projects mm -hmm. and people will kind of snicker about them because right. they don't like them. Right. But if you bring up truth, they'll go like, yeah, but truth is good. You know what I mean? Like it flips. And that's when you know it's like, it's not just, oh yeah, they laugh when I'm around. They right. like really like this guy, respect yes. this guy, want the best for this guy. Right. When you don't like, but, and I think a, a lot of that is because you're good to people. You know what I mean? You're fun to be around. Right. And you're good to everybody. You right. treat people well. Like right. it is what it is. We all meet people that we don't like though. Right. How how do you treat a person that you don't like? They would never know it. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> You'd just be totally nice to them. You never know. They will never know. They will never know. That's something just for you. That's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> that that's kind of what I figured. It took years of learning how to do it, man, and just like uh, almost being able to take a shot without even reacting to it. Right. Yeah. But you'll know. Now, will you ever, will you have like an inner circle of people that you might vent frustrations about this person to? Yes, but I wouldn't vent it. They'd be like, hmm, I wonder if you don't like him. <laughs> Sometimes I would. Right. Most of I vent to myself about it. You just keep it to yourself. Yes. Do you, and I, I mean, I think, do you find that like that's probably a better way to do it anyway? Because generally speaking, if you don't like somebody, it's because there's something wrong with them. You know what I mean? They're just not a good person. And those people get weeded out anyway. Anyway. It's not worth it. Right. It's not even worth them knowing you don't like them. Right. What, right. What, what's the big deal? Right. But that, that, that's called the art of the baby face and no sell. Yes. And, and they probably don't like you. You probably don't like them and they don't like you either. Right. So so, you, so <laughs> what are you going to change them? It's mutual. Right. Right. And that's just. Accept the, uh, the relationship and work with it and move on. And that's what it is. Yes. Um, so why do you feel like now is the time to go full bore on music and to, and to like unleash it? I think it's, it's time now. Yeah. Uh, um, I thought it was so much time back then. I thought it was time back then, man. But like now I'm matured, man. I'm matured. I've built the biggest platform I, I've done. I've been in the rock with, with John Cena and the rock. Yeah. Right? Madison Square Garden. Right? So it's like, I, I've, I've done so much thing. I've taken a twenty four seven title man and, and like made it to where like any genre of celebrity can be involved. It, it can connect and branch. And I don't like that. I don't like that they're trying to now remove the schoolboy from the twenty four seven championship. <laughs> Have you seen what they're doing now? They're having just regular <laughs> matches for the title, and I'm like, this is the title that brought back the schoolboy. Yeah. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, what do you? Yes. We don't need announcements. Yes. We don't need the whole thing. We need Joe Buck coming out but here and, never and rolling know. up. You never know when the truth comes back. That's true. You never know, man. That's true. I just think now, man, like it's I got so much going on now. Yes. I think it's the right time. Yes. And from the time I've got I got injured with my uh shoulder surgery. I had to have two shoulder surgeries. When was that? Um maybe two years ago, uh -huh. two and a half years ago. Um I met a guy named J Tracks. And um I met him almost out of accident, but it wasn't accident. Uh, me and his cousin, Yahweh, was doing a song together. Mm -hmm. we, uh, ended up in Atlanta doing a song together, 
And Yahweh was like, hey, man, you should work with my uncle, my, my cousin, Jay Trax, man. You know, he's good. He's good. I was like, why you ain't working with him? He said, man, I said, man we, we work, man, but I'm, I'm here and there, man. It's hard to keep up with me. He just, he's, he's Yahweh. Mm. So, like, uh, <laughs> me and Trax talked for a little bit, man, and uh, we actually finished the studio session around 11 that night, mm -hmm. and we talked from 11, 15 to maybe, like, 5, 6 a.m. that morning. Wow. And, like, when I told you I move on energy, vibe, this and that, our energy was just like, just vibing. It was coming from almost the same place. It was like me talking to a mirror or me venting to a mirror, just like, and we stayed in contact since then. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe like, um, he recorded two songs with me. Mm -hmm. And once he recorded those two songs with me, we had one long talk, man, in uh, Atlanta. And he was like, dude, I said, man, won't you manage me? He's like, man, I never managed nobody. I'm not a manager. I'm a producer, man. I can do that. I said, dude, you know what to do with me. I said, you just took my music, my blah, blah, blah. You do that. And from where he come from, like, to me, one of the, the he's an artist. Mm -hmm. He's a real music artist, like like a prince. Like, a, he he can play, he can sing, he can, or he transformed me from what I was trying to do, what, what I was born to do and, and just had in me. And he's made it into something that, that's quality and just in with its time. Right. It's one thing to just be the raw ingredient. Yes. It's another thing to go like, this is where it fits into culture today. Man, in, not only that, Sam, yeah, it fits in this culture right now because I'm in this culture. Yeah. I'm going to put the sauce on it. I'm going to put the ingredients. I'm mm -hmm. gonna, and like, bro, the music I got now, and from the time I met him and he said those words, we got like 30 songs done. Wow. I was driving every uh, after PT. I would drive to Atlanta. We would record some songs. He said, "I want to get as much, as much uh, of a catalog I can get." So when we were ready to do something, when you were ready to do some music, we got it. Yeah. And uh, by the time I finished, man, and, and things were just progressing with me, going up, going up, going up. We was like, "Dude, let's start doing this music. Let's mm -hmm. start doing it right now." And uh, set it off was pretty much. It came about to where set it off is not even the hottest track on there. Really? It's not. And we did. Over a million views in less than 24 hours on World Star Hip Hop, the uh, homepage. Shout out to World Star. Yeah. That was love. Yeah. And um, and that's me coming from being the athlete, the the you know what I'm saying, the, the stereotypical athlete does music, the the right. wrestler, the but people forget that I was doing music before wrestling. Yeah, and the you and the 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 only reason that the character stood out as much as it did is because you brought your music, music into it. Yes, man. Yeah. So it just um with with all that involved, man, we figured set it off would be the first thing to like announce get ready for what, what's about to happen right we setting it off and the next song is, is pretty much we got the slogan to where it's like we made enough of an impact to where they see us mm -hmm. the way they, they see it second song i think they're waiting to say okay is it gonna be a one hit wonder is it gonna come back you know what i'm saying like what do you what do you actually have yes yeah well they're gonna believe then mm -hmm. and once they believe third single they're gonna commit I love that, and I love that. Like it's all in the can, so you can just you can you could place these moves out. Yes, you know, way in advance. Yes, because you know what's coming. We already got. We're gonna do um, a single every four to six weeks. Wow, for the next year, I want to just flood the market. I love it. Yes, I love it, and that's the way to do it too. You don't need to drop like a seventeen-track album. No, why? Just keep putting out singles. Why do that, man? The video's already done. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a lot of surprise. I got a. Uh, a rock song on there. I got yeah. A, a country song. On, I mean, 
Oh boy. I got every genre of music you want to think of. And that's the thing about hip hop too, is that I mean, even with country now, after last summer, put a country song on there. Man, I'm telling you. Which one's gonna pop off? You know what I mean? Put a country song on there. I'm telling you, I got a lot of lot of good quality music. A lot of good yes. That's awesome. Um I was thinking about you, right? Because I was watching uh uh Super Showdown and I was like, man, truth figured out how to do this. He figured out how to have his matches last 10 seconds. You could do it in an airplane seat. That's why people are like, how does he stay in good shape? Because he didn't have to do anything. Bro, <laughs> no bumps, no nothing. Uh, you exposed Whoa. it now. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Exposed me. I mean, it's, I mean, just be entertaining. And then they come to you and they go, hey, we want you lasting the entire gauntlet match. Are you going like, what? I said, what you mean, the entire gauntlet match? <laughs> they said 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, what? I said, dog, I'm for real. I said, I've been running around these arenas, man, and doing this stuff. Y'all want me to go 30 minutes in there? He said, yeah, and you got three guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, You, you got to go with three guys, 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm just the messenger, truth. I said, all right, I'm ready. Yeah, and then you did it. Brother. Like I was sitting there watching. I'm like, okay, wait till this guy gets winded. Like I was like, I was like, oh yeah, our truth is gonna be the Iron Man. Okay, let me watch this. And then I'm sitting there, and AJ comes out, and I'm like, look at me rooting for our truth, and he's still in there, and he's still doing it. He can wrestle. Yes. And then AJ comes in there. I said, dude, you should dance. He said, you don't mind if I do it? I said, bro, dance. <laughs> they know me for dancing. Hey, man, he hit the cabbage patch. He did every dance he could because the dancing guy is down and he right. can't do nothing. Right. It was such a good story told, man. It was. It was really, really well done. That and the other segment that was recently well done, I want to know about this Brock Lesnar segment. Oh, man. Because, I mean... To put a smile on the beast's face. <laughs> yeah, though. So when you come out, I thought it was genius. I was like, please tell me he's gonna. And then you dropped it when you when you're going. He comes out and he's in the Royal Rumble, and you introduce yourself and you say you're ready to throw out Paul oh. Heyman. Bro, we didn't tell Brock what the promo was. Oh my God. That was uh, Paul and Vince's whole idea, and uh, he said they had a bet. Him and Vince, he said, I bet I know you can make Brock laugh. He said, we want to see if you can, the whole team has to want to see if you can make Brock laugh. <laughs> so uh, we didn't tell him the promo or nothing. So he's in there, dog, beast, Brock. He's waiting to see what I'm going to say. Now, did you know, he knew you were coming out? Yes, he knew I was coming out. But he didn't know he why. He knew I had this, this smart-ass promo often to say. Okay, yeah. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you love it when you can have fun at work? That yes, you're putting man. on, especially when this is it, you're putting on... This one of the biggest shows in the history of cable television, Monday Night Raw. Monday nights, prime time. Oh, and by the way, it's the top of the hour Brock Lesnar segment. This is our money segment. And it's all hinging upon a gentleman's bet of, I don't know, you think truth can make Brock laugh? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite I love thing. it, man. I love it. Uh, they had my back. And um, when I got in there, I'm like, uh, Brock's looking at me. And I could see in his eyes, like, oh, I said, Rob, I think I'm going to say something crazy. That this is going to be good. And once I got everybody to believing in, like, mm -hmm. I'm talking about Brock. I'm talking about Brock. Because you brought out angry truth. Bro, yeah. Like, like I'm not doing this silly this character. Funny. This is not funny. Yeah. I know I got, you know what I'm saying, my hands full with this dude. I know this dude is finna bring, look at him. <laughs> yeah. Look how big he is. Yeah. Look, how, look, he's a, he's a big, big, 
big dude. Yeah. But I know I can throw him over the rope. You don't think I can beat you, Paul? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so now you got it. In the, Paul is big joking. I mean, it works on so many levels. Yes, man. And I, I tell you, I watched it. I watched it. When I watched it today because I, when I found out you were coming over, because I knew I wanted to ask. And there is this moment where, when you're looking really carefully, right before you say Paul Heyman, little corner of your mouth goes up where you're so happy with yourself because you know it's going to work. You know yes. that you got yeah. him. You saw, you saw that? I man? saw it in your face. Oh, man. You yeah. know you've got him. The, I'm trying to like not laugh to myself yeah. the whole time, man. And um, the people was all into it. And I'm trying to like drop the people out. And once I turned, man, to uh, point at Paul, mm -hmm. yeah, I about lost it. Yeah. It was in the turn. I about it lost it. It was in the turn. Cause yes. I, that's how I know, because there's the profile. <laughs> yeah. There's the corner of your mouth. <laughs> and the only reason I saw it is because you turned and looked at him. I about lost it. <laughs> and when I did it, it took Brock a minute to register. And when he saw me look, he he pointed, and he just lost it. Again, <laughs> <man>. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was so good. It worked. It worked. Yes. It worked. Well, man. Truth, I'm happy for you. Appreciate it. The music every four to six weeks, and these and this music's gonna be available everywhere. Spotify, um, set it off is available now. Set everywhere it off on is, all platforms. Yeah, it's available. Uh, the video on YouTube is almost at a million. We're trying to get a million. A million, I'll go ahead and just drop it. Yeah, a million on each video, and I'll drop the next one. Wow. Yeah. Look so at that. yeah. That's so if they hadn't watched it on YouTube, go put in Ron Killing. Set it off. Set it off, Ron Killings. Uh -huh. Share it. Yeah. Yeah. Get to me so you can hit it. That's awesome, man. And luckily, I mean, somehow you've put yourself in a position where in this day and age of everybody being negative, I feel like people actually want you to succeed. Yes. Which is a great place to be. There's yes. not that many people. And I know that. Yeah. And, and I love it and I embrace it. And they and I let them know I know that and I appreciate it. That's awesome, man. Yes. I appreciate you coming out here appreciate and you, uh, man. talking to me about all this. Yes, sir. And I'm glad. I feel like you're not pretending to like me, even though you don't like me, because you said <laughs> that the other person probably doesn't like you, and I like you. So I feel like that was your way of saying, don't worry, you're good. Or at least maybe that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> no. Okay, I will say this right here mm -hmm. before I go. Mm -hmm. If I don't like a person, mm -hmm. you won't see me around them too much. Right. That's even the if Even if I should be... I don't. I can't say have to be because I always find it's always the way to skin a cat. Right. You may have what I need. I can go find somebody else that got it too. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like just avoid. Yeah. It. I, just avoid. I it. like my people, man. I like. There's not too many people I don't like, man. Mm -hmm. I just don't like negative energy. Yes. And you stay away from it. And I have seen, by the way, one of my favorite things. I'm. I'm a very observant. Like when when there's like shit talk going on, and not like real shit talk, just like joking around, but right. where like like people, somebody's getting joked around about and right. you're in the room a lot of times there's just a lot of you sitting in the cut real quiet just oh yes <laughs> like, yes like, yes i feel like you enjoy the show yes you want to see it keep going yes but i'm not trying to get involved in all this bro that's y'all shit that's <laughs> y'all yeah. but tell me more my name paul that's between y'all <laughs> that's right yeah that's the lesson of the day yes thank you man oh uh, thanks for having me man for sure appreciate it Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.